This is a diet of Brussels. Uh, it's election time, again. Uh, for a podcast that's been going, what, since uh, another election in 2015, uh, we've had rather a lot of these, given that I wasn't actually anticipating ever having to talk about uh, general elections, because uh, we weren't due to have one until, well, next year. Not only have we had one in 2017, but we're now on the verge of having one in 2019. So this is a good point on the 31st of October, on the day on which uh, people were going to be dying in the ditch and the country was going to be exploding and everything else. Just generally looks like a nice day out at the moment. Uh, to consider the election, uh, the role of Brexit, and also just to kind of update you on where things are. One of the first things perhaps to say is that today is also my last day in my role as Deputy Director of the UK in a Changing Europe programme. Now that's something I've been involved with for a long time, since the beginning of 2016, and uh, I've done various things and in practical terms it doesn't really have any impact on what I tell you here since I never felt particularly uh, limited in what I could say uh, in my role as Deputy Director uh, and it doesn't actually change what I think about anything but in terms of uh, what it means uh, is that uh, I have a bit more time for doing things like this so maybe I'll be a bit more regular certainly be more regular during the election campaign and also uh, you'll see some different things in the other channels that I use. So that's me, that's nice and simple, that's one thing that's happening at the end of October. The thing that isn't happening clearly is uh, the UK's withdrawal from the EU. At the end of the day, if we look back on it, the process worked as we would have anticipated. The Ban Act uh, produced the necessary movement from the government to make a request. That request was considered at some length by the EU. And after some to and fro, we ended up with the request for an extension to the end of January being met. Uh, that's all uh, really quite simple at one level. But what it has done has been to throw the UK, I would say, back into confusion, but it just keeps the UK in confusion uh, on what it does next. As far as the process goes, we are still where we were this time last year, pretty much, uh, with a deal that the UK seems unwilling to uh, ratify, but also with a clear opposition to leaving without a deal and not uh, anything like a majority for uh, revoking Article 50. Now, all of that means that we have this strange situation over the recent months where the government has tried to being called tried to call elections uh, but has been stopped by the opposition who wanted to ensure that there's sufficient time for uh, article 50 so that uh, there can't be an accidental falling out of the eu and really with the uh, success of the ben act's uh, intention there was uh, movement, there was always likely to be movement towards this early election. Now, um, in 
practical terms, what that means for Article 50 is that we now have a parking of the attempted ratification of the Withdrawal Agreement Bill, uh, which was the government's uh, slight bypassing, well, actually major bypassing of the original procedure. Uh, the Withdrawal Agreement Bill, when it came out, uh, made clear that it would uh, obviate the need for a meaningful vote, which had been the uh, barrier at which uh, Theresa May had fallen several times and which Boris Johnson had fallen at uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and it would also remove the CRAG requirements for laying uh, the treaty in front of uh, parliaments. So by passage of the bill, there would be all of the necessary arm of UK ratification uh, taking place. Now, uh, despite having won the second reading vote in the House of Commons, uh, the loss of the programme motion which affected timing meant that the government decided to pause the bill, which it was still was saying was critical and urgent and needed to happen. And uh, now with the move to dissolve parliaments uh, next week, ahead of a general election, uh, that bill will have to restart any uh, ratification process. So uh, the options are that uh, either we end up with a Conservative government or a Conservative led government that's able to get its Brexit policy confirmed, which would appear to be uh, ratification of this deal and then as prompt as possible withdrawal, or something else. And it's that or something else that is the big uncertainty in all of this. Um, you can listen to other podcasts with better qualified people than me to tell you about the unpredictability of uh, the British electorate at this stage. Suffice to say that there is considerable uh, difficulty in predicting how this election will turn out. And so uh, whilst the Tories are ahead in the polls, they are not uh, far enough ahead that you could be pretty certain they would succeed in uh, securing a majority that they've not had for two and a half years. Uh, the reason for that is multiple. Uh, partly it's about the uncertainty about how missing today's deadline will play out. We know uh, we've seen some preliminary data coming out today and yesterday which suggests that lots of people are dissatisfied with that uh, further delay but uncertainty about who they will attribute that uh, uh, delay to whose fault it was. Is it the government's fault? Is it the parliament's fault? Is it somebody else's fault? Is it everyone's fault? We also have uncertainty about how much different parties are going to put forward Brexit within this election. Uh, people keep talking uh, in the past week about this being a Brexit election, but frankly, uh, they said that last time, two years ago, and that wasn't really a Brexit election. Uh, it became an issue that was hanging there, but which didn't have uh, great traction or a great willingness on the part of parties to discuss. Uh, and I, I can see that there's a p big potential for that to happen here again, where parties don't really want to talk about Brexit, but rather want to talk about what comes after. The, the vision of a better society that they would build uh, once they've got this Brexit issue out of the way. Now, clearly they differ in how they want to get that issue uh, moved on.
But in all cases, it's about what comes after that I think parties are going to focus on as the, the central part of their campaigning. Now, with that in mind, we end up with a, a situation where uh, parties might not be talking so much about Brexit, uh, where voters might want to be thinking about other things uh, than Brexit uh, in all of this, all of which produces then an outcome that is not conditioned primarily by Brexit-related issues. Now, in the context of uh, an electorate that might well produce a hung parliament, clearly that raises difficult issues. Um, if we think about the coalitions that might emerge in a hung parliament scenario, then uh, you can see that perhaps uh, life looks more favourable for the remain orientated uh, parties than it does for the leave orientated ones. So the Conservatives don't really look like they will have any partners with whom they could build a coalition uh, in a hung parliament scenario. Uh, their relationship with the DUP has been pretty comprehensively trashed in the past two weeks uh, and uh, the willingness and ability of the DUP to uh, step back from their very visible uh, and very genuine anger at how they've been treated uh, looks vanishingly small and I think from the Conservative side I think the experience has not been a, uh, a happy one for them either. By contrast the Remain side looks to have more common ground uh, between for example uh, the Lib Dems uh, and Labour uh, or the Greens, the SNP. Uh, all of these parties could be willing potentially to uh, shuffle uh, this issue towards uh, a referendum uh, even if they can't agree on uh, what their preferred outcome might be indeed actually because they can't agree and we shouldn't overstate this because one of the reasons we're having this general election is that the Liberal Democrats were unyielding in their uh, opposition to Jeremy Corbyn um, and whilst we talk about uh, splits and divisions on the Leave side, it's clear that that is also happening on the Remain side too. Uh, we just have to think about the uh, personnel conflicts at uh, People's Vote uh, organisation in the past weeks, which has come to a head at this point, uh, all of which uh, leaves them in a very difficult uh, uh, situation. Now, uh, Ultimately, if we're trying to understand how this might play out, we, we largely have to uh, wait and see. Um, the uncertainty about what uh, party will be in a position of strength, the relative size uh, and disposition of different people, uh, makes it more and more difficult to make any kind of useful prediction. Having said that, I think we need to note that uh, the impact of Brexit fatigue on all involved uh, is quite noticeable, that there is not an unbridled enthusiasm to reopen old fights. Um, and uh, the fact that the withdrawal agreement bill got uh, through its, uh, got its second reading uh, approved 
was, I think, uh, a sign of MPs looking for solutions. But ultimately, the solutions remain the same, leaving with a deal, leaving without a deal, and not leaving. And um, particularly if we look at the Labour Party, it's not evident that they have settled on their preferred outcome in all of this. Their position is to renegotiate uh, and then to call a referendum, and at the point of calling a referendum, then to decide how they might campaign in recommending uh, a particular outcome. If we want to flip it round and think about the EU's view on all of this, largely it is a bit of a shrug and a settling down to leave the UK to another round of uh, internal politics. Uh, we saw this in April, twice, uh, and we're seeing it again now, that the EU has taken a firm position that uh, whilst it wants uh, time to be given for a purpose, which was the French view on extensions, uh, they couldn't really get involved in what that purpose might be or how it might turn out. Uh, the rule of thumb being that any intervention in UK debate is likely to backfire. So we shouldn't expect much from our EU leaders uh, between now and the general election. One complication is, is that the UK uh, is now required to make a nomination for uh, a commissioner um, to start uh, on the 1st of December. Uh, the government hasn't confirmed yet that it will do that. Uh, there's some possibility it might be able to make a nomination, but with no anticipation that individual starts. Although, given the historical record, uh, that might look a tad optimistic. So, there will be some issues. Uh, there are some budgetary questions that are going to start becoming more difficult. The multi-annual uh, financial framework for 2021-2027 was also being discussed uh, at the European Council the other week, but got pushed back. Uh, the December uh, European Council, which happens the day of and the day following the general election, uh, was intended to uh, try and move that conversation on. Uh, if the UK looks like it is going to be hanging around for some time, and particularly if you get parties that uh, advocate uh, or end up with a policy of a referendum securing uh, a majority, then that means somewhere in the order of nine months to a year further extension. That is a issue for the EU, uh, which uh, they will have to get uh, their heads round because it will take the UK a long way uh, beyond where everyone had anticipated. So it will have budgetary implications on that financial framework, on what is already a very difficult uh, and problematic set of discussions. But also, it uh, is going to start uh, a set of discussions about the transition period. Um, and I think this is something that has not really been considered at this stage because, frankly, there's lots of others uh, that you could be considering. Just to, to remind you of the transition period, um, once the UK leaves with a deal, uh, it would enter into a transition period where it would retain all of the same rights and obligations 
as membership uh, minus the um, ability to uh, vote uh, on legislation or to have representation uh, in decision-making bodies. Um, that period uh, was designed to uh, cover the gaps until a future relationship could be negotiated and implemented and was originally scheduled to run to the end of 2020 uh, with a possibility of an extension up to the end of 2022. Now, that was set up in the original withdrawal agreement, which would have given from 29th of March uh, this year uh, 21 months uh, to uh, get to the end of the initial period. Uh, with this extension to the end of January, when we're going to have used 10 months of that 21 month uh, period. So uh, pretty much half of it. Now, we already knew a long time ago that that 21 month period looked very short for uh, concluding uh, a new uh, agreement notwithstanding uh, the convergence of regulation between uh, the different parties uh, for the simple reason that the UK didn't know what it wanted specifically and the EU didn't agree about what it should be willing to offer in that future relationship. Uh, and that's even before we get to the issue of ratification. This would be a deal that would require unanimous ratification by national parliaments and sub-national parliaments in several cases. Uh, and on past experience, that alone would take a year. So with the current extension, uh, there is hardly any time. There's less than a year in the initial period, and the, the current government's talking about not asking for more time in that transition. Um, that would be taking you straight into uh, a situation where at the end of transition, you would have a falling away of all of the residual uh, elements, which would basically be everything, and all you'd be left with were the arrangements for Northern Ireland. Now, this is the trapdoor that the Labour Party has been talking about in the past couple of weeks, and which was actually always there in the uh, original version of the deal, uh, but with the slight change that uh, the initial form of the backstop arrangements for Northern Ireland also included a UK-wide temporary customs arrangement which would have kept the UK uh, inside the customs union in effect. That likely uh, falling off of the edge of transition into a gap up until uh, there is uh, uh, something uh, in, uh, new in place means that uh, there is likely to be a discussion uh, as and when the UK comes to ask for a further extension uh, about whether the date needs to be changed in the withdrawal agreement, pushing that uh, initial period back so that there is a more realistic tone, time uh, scale on which to operate. At this stage, that debate is not being had because uh, it raises problems around the finances, as I've mentioned, and also politics, um, and also any renegotiation of one part of the withdrawal agreement means that other parts could be changed too. So something to keep in mind for uh, December, uh, once we know who is uh, entering number 10 and with what kind of mandate and indeed policy, 
And all of these things are going to be, uh, I think, uh, increasingly important. So Christmas is going to be ruined, uh, if you like Christmas, uh, by politics, because there will be not very much time in which to get these things in order. Um, remember that uh, if we have uh, a new government, a single gov party government, they will uh, almost immediately run into a, a Christmas uh, slowdown of Whitehall and Westminster, and so their ability to do very much before the end of January will be rather limited. For uh, a scenario where you have coalition talks uh, or confidence and supply talks, that would also take uh, quite some time um, you know, we're looking here at possibly some weeks, uh, particularly if there is a major disagreement, which is entirely possible, uh, given, for example, that we know that the Lib Dems say they won't form a government with either Boris Johnson or Jeremy Corbyn, uh, who would seem to be their only two options. Now, that might be politicking, but uh, I think we have still a long way to go before we know quite how this all ends up. So, uh, another election, uh, another set of exciting developments, but also, I think it's worth saying, uh, some potential for this to be reaching something like a resolution of that first stage. Um, if the Tories do get their majority, then you have to assume that they will get their withdrawal agreement ratified and the UK will be leaving. Uh, at that point, uh, we will have the uh, joy of everyone realising that Brexit is not just about leaving, it's also about starting a new relationship. And that is going to be a lot more complicated and painful than anything that we've done so far. On that cheery note, I shall leave you to your uh, Halloween uh, celebrations. And I will talk to you soon as the campaigning gets properly underway and we know a bit more about what the parties are advocating. See you then.